I V M. Folks, I would like to thank Camly Kids for supporting our show. Learn English at the touch of a button. Yes, you heard it right. Camly Kids gives you instant access over video chat, so your kids, aged four to fifteen, can learn and gain confidence. Your child will get the maximum speaking time and a chance to develop spoken English fluency just by one click. All classes are by qualified American tutors and customized to your child's needs. So what are you waiting for? Go to the website www.camlykids.com that's c a m b l y k i d s dot com and the app Camly Kids available on iOS. You can also get a ten percent discount on any subscription by using the code Pesa Pesa, or you can have paid trial session of thirty minutes before committing. On this episode of Pesa Pesa, the Bharat Bond ETF special, a blockbuster episode, folks. I've got Mukesh Agarwal, CEO NSE Industries, and Radhika Gupta, CEO Edelweiss AMC. Both of them are going to be talking about the Bharat Bond ETF and also the concept of debt ETFs, active versus passive. Why you should or you might want to consider investing in this ETF and much more. So don't go anywhere. This is a really special episode of Pesa Pesa coming up next. नमस्ते मैं हूं सौरभ चंद्रा और मैं प्रणय कोटिस्थान है जब महफिल खत्म होते होते दरवाजे के बाहर पुलिया के ऊपर हम दुनिया भर की जटिल समस्याओं को सॉल्व करने में लग जाते हैं तो हो जाती है पुलियाबाजी अब आजकल के अपार्टमेंट वालों ने तो कभी पुलिया देखी नहीं होगी पर आप फीलिंग तो समझ ही सकते हैं तो आइए शामिल हो जाइए हमारी पुलियाबाजी में जहाँ प्रणय और मैं एक से एक इंटरेस्टिंग टॉपिक्स की तह तक जाएंगे आर्टिफिशियल इंटेलिजेंस बिटकॉइन पाकिस्तान मेडिकल एजुकेशन करेंसी क्राइसिस कभी हम दोनों के साथ और अक्सर स्पेशल एक्सपर्ट गेस्ट की कंपनी में सुनिए हमें आई की वेबसाइट ऐप या अपने फेवरेट पॉडकास्टिंग प्लेटफॉर्म आरोप हर दूसरे हफ्ते Folks, welcome to Pesa Pesa. I'm your host Anuvam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. And if you thought you saw Avengers Endgame and thought there were superheroes out there, guess what? This is the blockbuster of crossovers. A really, really special episode of Pesa Pesa, the Bharat Bond special. I've got returning guests. I all love returning guests. And guess what? This time it's Mukesh Agarwal, CEO of NSE Indices, and Radhika Gupta, CEO of Edelweiss AMC. A really nice crossover, right? You've got. the biggest producer of indices and one of the leading amcs in india they're going to be telling us about this blockbuster product in debt called the bharat bond etf now mukesh was here with anil gelani of dsp mutual funds back in april 2019 where they were talking about passive versus active and you should listen to that episode there was a one hour deep dive around the concepts of active and passive and of course radhika had just come in a few months earlier in jan Since she's done the asset allocation special, have a listen to that, folks. That was a three-part series. So, Mukesh, Radhika, welcome to the show. So good to have you guys back. It's been exciting one year. You know, last couple of years, in fact, for passive investment. Who, who thought? You know, you, I remember 2017 markets are going up. All categories, all categories are going up. Active, 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 and all. And then suddenly, 2018 market gear gear, and people were talking about just passive is a way to go. Low cost, yeah, wo, and everybody is after passive. I believe that. the change you know the 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 regulation that makes our a tiny part of our salary go into etfs also had a role to play in that but guess what ye sab to equity etf hai aap log to aaye hain debt etf ke bare mein baat karne let's let's start from there okay let's 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 just start start from there mukesh i want you to just give our listeners a basic concept of an index okay because all of us out here know ki acha ye stock acha hai wo stock acha hai All of us also know what's the Nifty, what's the Sensex, what's everything else. But what is an index? Let Let's start a discussion from there. Yep. Thanks, Anupam. It's always a pleasure to come Thank and speak you. on your show, and especially yeah. when I have to speak on a subject which is very, very close to my heart. I'm very passionate about ETFs. Yeah. Good to know. Coming back to indices, I think last time also I had spoken. If you look at an index, index reflects the performance of a financial, a basket of a financial securities. So it could be equities, it could be bonds or debentures, it could be commodities, or it could be currencies. Now, what 
typically we hear on a daily basis nifty 50 nifty bank nifty next 50 etc those represent the performance of the equity markets now you also have indices which gives the performance of the bond markets but bond indices or debt indices are very complicated you don't have very simple indices like nifty 50 etc so they are very complicated and why i say complicated because of three things one is you have multiple kinds of bonds so multiple kinds of bonds i means you have government securities you have money market instruments like commercial papers cds then you have t bills then you also have corporate bonds within corporate bonds then again you have different kinds of corporate bonds you have psu bonds bank bonds you would be knowing that you have different kind of mutual yeah, funds yeah, also yeah. tracking it then the second dimension is other than government securities and t bills then you have ratings you have triple a bonds you have double a bonds you have a single a bond hey, you should know more about ratings than <laughs> yeah. all of us in this room <laughs> that's right? 20 years in crystal eh? yeah should, rating you, master that's rating true master. 20 right. years at crystal you know everything about ratings yep. eh? and the third thing is the tenure because hmm. equities have perpetual life but bonds have fixed life you could have bonds which are 3 months 6 months 1 year 5 year so when you create an index you need to look at mix and match of three this three dimensions it's not easy to do that mm. so i'll come to that again later now in second problem what we face in creating debt indices is that the debt markets are very illiquid so if you look at the bond markets bond so equity markets equity markets are very very liquid if i create an index like nifty 50 comprises of 50 stocks this 50 stocks trade in a daily basis on a regular basis and we get the prices of this securities or the equity equities mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis whereas if you look at the bond markets the bond markets are very illiquid while the bond markets in terms of size they are quite large today if you look at gsex government securities we have something like outstanding amount of 60 lakh crores corporate bonds outstanding amounts of around 30 lakh crores that's huge yeah. but if you look at the trading volumes on a daily basis yes government securities have an average daily trading volume of something like 35000 crores wow. but if you look at the bonds bonds is only 7000 crore rupees a day Wow. as against that if you look at the daily average trading volumes of equities on nse it is something like 35 to 40000 crore rupees so getting 10. so yes almost a factor of 25 times or something like that and so getting prices of bonds is very very difficult and other problem is the bonds is an otc market so it doesn't trade like equities on the stock exchange where you get a bid and ask price so most of the trades happen offline but they get reported on the stock exchanges and clearings happen to the stock exchanges so getting pricing is very difficult and plus what happens not all bonds get traded on a daily basis a particular security can get traded today mm. but tomorrow it might not get traded so while creating the debt indices one needs to first get the values out that itself is an art so we like if you look at nsc we started our nifty 50 somewhere in april 1996 mm. but we launched our debt indices in february 2018 wow after a long gap of almost 20 years feb 2018 feb 2018 yeah what are the various indices that that the nsc has yeah so basically i just what i'm saying so when we i started the whole project sometime in 2016 so first you have to put a team in place now if you wanted to launch the indices so we had to get back to this get back to the past and get the pricing done because pricing was not readily available so we had to first create a team mm. which valued all the bonds starting from september 2001 till the time we launched the thing oh. so finally we launched the debt indices in february 2018 but when we launched we launched with a bang so i am very proud to say that we launched about 85 debt indices in february 2018 wow. and what and any of so there is a saying at times being late also helps hmm. in our case being late really helped us because we were in the market and we knew what are the pain points of the market participants huh. so when we created our indices we made sure that we take care of all the pain points so how it it helped us i think within one and a half years of launch of our debt indices around 35% of the mutual fund debt AUM hmm. is linked to our in debt indices that means they are using our debt indices for benchmarking the performance of that funds so which itself i think i would say it's a great achievement hmm. and our indices i would say when we have created the indices i think they are quite robust 
and I just said we took care of the pain points of the market. Sure. So our indices are basically rule-based, market-relevant construction approach we have followed. And another key aspect or unique point of our debt indices is that the duration is very predictable. We have a low churn. Basically, the number of bonds going in and going out is very low. And third thing also in bond market, like equity, there is always a cost associated in churn. When mm. you buy the new bond and sell the existing bond, there is some cost associated with that. So we have factored that into our indices. So given the robustness of our indices, market has accepted our indices and they are doing pretty well. well let's talk with someone who actually has accepted that. I think I've, I mean, I'm just amazed at the, at the statistics that he's gotten out and I'm more amazed at the journey so far, right? Because before you would come in, you were talking about maybe the creation of the Bharat Bond ETF itself requires another episode. And my God, what Mukesh also told me out here, it's taken a long while to construct this. From someone who, uh, you know, who sells mutual fund schemes, from your perspective, how big is this event and how do you see the debt ETF space shaping up? So I think Bharat Bond is not just a debt ETF. I think it's a transformational opportunity in the debt market. And I'm also really happy it's coming after everything we've seen over the last one year and all the discussions we've had in the debt market. I think for us, there were two parts to Bharat Bond. One is that if you look at you and me as normal investors today, we don't understand debt. And Mukesh talked about the complexities of the debt market very, very nicely. Uh, Secondly, you know, we go to FDs and they're fully taxable for us. You can't take your money out. We go to debt mutual funds, but you're not sure what they're investing in. There's some paper that has some default and then someone flashes some information and we get stressed. We've had that a lot in the last and couple of years. We've had that a lot. Okay. And then we read the papers and we get stressed and we want our debt money to be safe. Mm. We also know that they are reasonably expensive because there's a cost to debt mutual funds. We also, when we're looking for debt, we're looking for predictable return. Because that is our mindset. So we're looking for tax efficiency. We are looking for cost efficiency. We are looking for safety. And we are looking for return predictability. And to us at Edelweiss, Bharat Bond offered that opportunity to give you and me and your family and my family a debt product that they could trust hmm. and a debt product that was simple and that could be their core part of their asset allocation. That's why we called it Bharat Bond. I mean, it's really your bond ETF. I mean, something that all of us can sort of use. And I think, you know, the interesting thing is, I mean, you alluded to this. There's been so much conversation about passive investing that's happened over all these years. Uh, unfortunately, it's all been equity. Hmm. Uh, but Passive is not just equity. Passive is debt. In fact, I read a really interesting stat that in the last year, globally, debt passives have grown more than equity passives. Wow. So okay. can I just chip in over oh, here? Please, please feel free. So yeah. if you look at globally, globally, huh. ETF market is huge. Is something like $6 trillion. Huh. And I was reading somewhere today that BlackRock, which is the largest ETF producer globally, they expect this market to grow to $12 trillion by 2023. Double in five years. In double four, in four years. years, almost four years. Four years yeah. Yep. So within that $6 trillion, huh. approximately 20% is the debt ETF. Wow. The debt ETF globally size is around $1 trillion, huh. as Radhika said. And last one year, the inflows into the markets have been really very, very robust. As if I remember the numbers, first nine months of the current calendar year, there is January to September 19, almost $174 billion have come into debt ETF globally. Huh. As against that, last year, first nine months, only $74 billion had come in, which is much more than the equity flows into the equity ETFs globally. And if you look at actually, to take Mukesh's point forward, you think these are global numbers, right? Why are we talking about India? Our FD base in India today is some 100 plus lakh crores, 115, etc. You know, retail participation in debt mutual funds, it's 1 lakh crore. Rewind. Debt, I need to understand those numbers. Because FDs, I, I'm just, yeah, FDs. FD yeah. investors in this country, huh. more than 100 lakh crores, 115, wow. 116. 116, lakh, yeah. 116 116 lakh, lakh crores is one, the FD base, yeah. so okay. to say. Okay. Retail, huh. retail investor. I'll give you an HNI also. Retail investors in mutual funds, debt mutual funds, less than 1 lakh crores. It's 90,000 crores. In fact, there's another stat that the average size of an equity investment in this country is some 15 lakhs this year. Huh. The average size, oh, 1 lakh, sorry. So the average size of an equity investment is 1 lakh. The average size of a debt investment is 15 lakhs. So you're just not getting small investors wow. to come into this because they trust their FD. Yeah. And that's what Bharat Bond in the product structure addresses. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just, 
my mind is still trying to absorb these numbers okay because i and i've said this number a lot uh, during the course of my podcast that there are about 3 crore uh, sip folios and they you know put in an average of about 3000 rupees a month or 4000 i yeah. don't know where yeah, the where, where that number is and that aggregates itself to about 8 9000 crores a month into uh, Uh, into the into the stock markets and i know for a fact and both of you will also know that 10 years ago this this number was zero yeah. okay now where do we start with the debt etf you know where where does this go from here in terms of making someone understand mm. that if you are investing in an fd of a bank why don't you invest in a debt etf whose underlying securities are possibly the best so maybe we should tell you a little bit about the product structure huh. and then we should talk about you know the benefits versus a debt mutual fund because sure. what we've done all of us in the last year and a half is try to create something that suits our customers and our environment and our conditions so i think bharat bond firstly invests in cpsc companies so these are companies that are public sector enterprises they could be companies like nabard or REC or PFC or NHAI and it's only the highest rated companies mukesh comes from the rating business yeah. so it's triple a rated psus so the primary concern that one has about debt which is safety of my money these are india's best government sovereign owned. rating No, sovereign quasi sovereign quasi, quasi, quasi as sovereign. close as you can get as close as you can get to, to sovereign, sovereign yeah okay. so it's as close as you can get to sovereign so those are the companies so your portfolio may have 7 to 8 of each of these companies hmm. secondly bharat bond has a very unique product structure we are familiar with fds we are familiar with fmps as mukesh says we want to know that if i'm investing for 3 years or 10 years what am i going to get so there are two series of bharat bond coming out and they are defined maturity structures so i'm going to start an april 2023 series where i'm going to hold bonds maturing in april 2023 oh. so that's a 3 and a half year yeah. structure so i know that if i hold this for 3 and a half years what is the return i'm going to get with reasonable certainty and then i've got an april 2030 structure so that's a 10 year so you got a 3 and a half year and a 10 year so it's got the predictability of an fd or an fmp yeah. with the security of cpscs and because it's an etf and it trades on the, the exchange it's liquid great you had some thoughts mukesh please go on no i think what i was as radhika correctly said so i think for creating any etf first you need to create an index so mm-hmm. i think let me just highlight the key features of the indices we are going to call them nifty bharat bond index series okay so yes. we're going to start with firstly we're going to start with two of them nifty bharat bond index april 2023 mm-hmm. nifty bharat bond index april 2030 30, yeah. so one has got a 10 year of 3 and 1/2 years other one has got 10 year of 10 and 1/2 years now the criteria of inclusion of bond in this is very very important to know as all of us know that etfs typically replicate the underlying index now i will just highlight the just mention the key highlights of the index one is as radhika mentioned this will comprise of public sector bonds that is one second thing is all those public sector bonds have to be rated triple a and then the maturity of those bonds have to be within one year of the maturity of the etfs and second thing is in case the and the outstanding amount of the bonds have to be more than 100 crores for the bond to be included in the index and in case because people might ask you what if the rating goes down of a particular bond yeah. no. so we have put a criteria in place that if the rating goes below aaa then the bonds will be excluded from the index okay and once it gets excluded from the index it has to get excluded from the etf also i think that is very very important to know because of late you have been hearing about the concerns the bonds yeah. getting downgraded yeah. what happens to my this thing so i think that is the most important thing that triple a rated psu bonds with defined maturity as radhika mentioned if i invest because see if you look at the indian mentality hmm. indians are very happy with okay i go to xyz bank mujhe malum hai 5 saal ka paisa dalna hai 6% mujhe milega i am happy as clear so, and transparent yeah. as that <laughs> so this through this i think the way i think as you mentioned we have been working on this structure for i personally have been working on this for 2 years hmm. and we have been working with edelweiss for almost a year year or more wow. so while creating getting the product we have kept in mind that what is best suited for the retail investors mm. that's when we came out with something called target maturity bond etfs as i said the target maturity means one bond one etf will expire in april 2023 other one will expire in april 2030 so as i mentioned earlier retail investors in india look for 
प्रिडिक्टेबल रिटर्न की मुझे छह परसेंट चाहिए छह पॉइंट सिक्स परसेंट टू फाइव परसेंट चाहिए सो आई थिंक द स्ट्रक्चर विच वी हैव क्रिएटेड इफ वॉट एवर रिटर्न यू नो एट द टाइम ऑफ इन्वेस्टमेंट एंड इफ यू होल्ड ऑन टू द ईटीएस टिल द मेच्योरिटी दैट इज अप्रिल ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी थ्री एंड अप्रिल सो विथ क्वाइट श्योरिटी यू कैन प्रोडिक्ट योर रिटर्न सो आई थिंक दैट इज द मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग एज राधिका मैंशन ऑलमोस्ट हंड्रेड एंड सिक्सटी लैक करोड्स इज आउटस्टैंडिंग इन बैंक एफ डीज एंड आई वॉज लुकिंग एट सम स्टार्ट ऑलमोस्ट टेन लैक करोड गेट्स एडेड टू द एफ डी आउटस्टैंडिंग अमाउंट ऑलमोस्ट एवरी ईयर सो दैट इज द काइंड ऑफ पोटेंशियल वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट एंड सी वी हैव नॉट गॉट इन टू द डिटेल्स बट I'm talking about nine thousand crores per month coming in into equity. Is it ten lakh crore coming every year? The thing you may not know, Rupam, is that if you uh. and I wanted to buy a bond of NHAI or NABARD or any of these good companies today, mm. it's actually very hard to do. Like if I ask no, you how to do it, no, no. you have to. It's usually ten lakhs per lot size. And then bond ledger and uh, what not. Is. Isme apko. In thousand rupees, which huh. is your minimum ticket size, you will get a basket of India's eight best CPSCs, yeah, eight yeah. nine best CPSCs. And by the way, I have forgot to mention huh. this is very very low cost. Wow! Oh, yeah. So uh, no, it, tell us about the statistic because uh, I really, you know, I I so like. So we the are proud, I think, all of us that India will come up with I think the world's cheapest bond ETF or fund product. Okay. It's an expense ratio of point zero 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 five percent. Wow. To translate that into math, if you are a retail investor of two lakhs, you are paying a fund management fee of one rupee. That's it. That's it. My God, and that's the cheapest in the world. That's the cheapest in the world. It's oh, virtually God. free. So. Fantastic. That's another big people often ask us the advantage versus bond mutual funds sure. or other you know even if you have to buy a bond in the market you would pay some brokerage yeah you know I you know I see no I think before paying the brokerage <laughs> but like today if I want to buy one share of Reliance huh. I can place the order and I can buy it huh, but tomorrow it. if I want to buy one bond of let's say PSU which is REC or okay. PFC you can't do it, it. Huh? I can't, can't do it, can't do it. So forget yeah, and yeah. another thing is I'm just jumping the guns oh, but no, if you look at trading in ETFs and bonds so there is something called bid ask spreads so mm. if I want to buy something and I want to sell something what is the difference between the two prices so globally it has been seen that the bid ask spreads if you buy and sell the ETFs the spread is almost two basis points that is two paisa okay if you try to buy and sell the underlying bonds the difference between the buy and sell price is almost 50 paisa wow so that is the kind of magic what bond ETFs have created in the global markets hmm So today, one is investors don't have access to the bond markets because sure. the minimum ticket size is large. And again, even I have to buy or sell, even if I let's say I can afford to buy a large ticket size, the bid aspirates is so much that itself will result into my yields coming down. And like you said, the indices is robust enough, transparent enough, strong enough, liquid enough for the trading to be In representative fact, of the. But on top of the transparency is a big thing that indices don't get credit for. The index, they should, yeah, yeah. the indices are published. Their values are published on the website. Mutual fund portfolios. I love mutual funds. They're published yeah. once a month. Right. Yeah. You see the index. Daily. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So you basically, if you look at it as for the any ETF which is tracking an index, the portfolio has to be declared on a daily basis. Okay. So basically, if you look at it and why we create in when we create indices, I think we follow the principle of three R's. Okay. First R is it has to be relevant for the market. Hmm. Second, it has to be representative of the market, and third, it should be replicable. Wow. Because okay. indices, one is they are used for comparing the performance as a benchmark, hmm. but they are also used as underlying for creating passive products okay. and for passive products any index which we create it has to be replicable so i think when we create an index we have to follow the principles of 3 r's and the transparency goes without saying because see what happens the big difference between let me just quickly highlight or recap the differences between etfs and mutual funds be hmm. it equity or be it debt that's always a good point oh, yeah. yeah so if you look at it on the etfs etfs just follow or replicate the index there is no selection bias of a fund manager second thing is how do we track the performance that is also very important so there is something called tracking error mm. tracking error basically means to put it simply is the difference between the returns of the fund and the underlying index correct so you look at that second thing is the cost of e fund management fees of an etf is very very low as radhika just mentioned that for the fund management fees for the proposed bharat bond, yeah. bond etfs is almost zero yeah so yeah. that is the third thing is it is traded on the stock exchanges you can buy 
uh, ETF with as small amount as thousand rupees, or like today, if you look at it, some of the equity ETFs, you can buy one ETF as one seventy five rupees. Like wow. private bank ETF is trading at one seventy five rupees. Huh. By buying one unit of one seventy five rupees, I have bought ten stocks of private banks. Correct. That's a so, good way to get exposure yeah. to the underlying. So yeah. if you look at on the mutual fund side, there is a selection bias, and this is because the fund manager uses the discretion of what stocks to buy, what not to buy, hmm. and the performance is always linked, and performance of the fund is measured in terms of the alpha, the excess returns they have generated over the underlying index. Second thing is the fund management fees is on the higher side, yep. and third thing is they don't trade. On the stock exchanges, so when you buy a fund, hmm. you always get the units allotted to you at the end of day NAV. Yeah. So I think these are the key differences which investor needs to understand. Sure. And I think that is the reason why the ETF markets have grown significantly in India over the last five years. So if you look at August 2001, hmm. the ETFs amount outstanding was something like 8,000 crore. And oh. you would be surprised to know today, the November, October end, the amount outstanding was something like 1.56 lakh crores. Wow. 8,000. Yeah. 8,000 yeah, 8, crores to 1.56 lakh crores <laughs> in four years plus. Yeah. And only thing is, there are two things which doesn't keep me happy. One is the retail participation is very low. Still? Yep. Okay. So 93% of the money is institutional oh. and only 7% money is retail. Great. And second thing is, in India, this entire amount of 1.56 lakh crores is almost equity. Sure. There is some debt ETFs available, but those are more for tracking the GSECs or the overnight funds, which hmm. the amount is very, very small, six ETFs, something like 2,500 crores. It's tiny, it's non-existent. Non-existing. Liquid bees. No, liquid bees, yeah. yeah you so got liquid it right. Liquid and GSEC. GSEC, so, uh, but yeah. there is not a single bond ETF available in the market. So the Bharat bond ETF, which is expected to be launched anytime, that is going to be the first bond ETF available in the market. Fantastic. And that is going to set the trend. And I can tell you after that, you will see a good demand and growth for bond ETFs in the Indian markets. Probably I'll come and do another show with you after huh? one year. Thank you so much. And I'll get to share the numbers <laughs> yeah, with you. So I am personally speaking very, very positive about the bond ETFs, the kind of growth we have seen in the equity ETFs over the last four years plus. Huh. We expect some similar growth in the debt ETFs also going forward. Fantastic. Folks, we're going to take a small break out here because I know all of you are just asking that question. I'm sure you know that uh, we will get a guest to answer just stuff like how do you invest what yes. kind of investor is this for asset allocation portfolio stuff and we're going to get into all of that on the other side of this break don't go anywhere this is the Bharat Bond ETF special with Mukesh Agarwal CEO of NSC Indices and Radhika Gupta CEO of Edelweiss AMC Hey everybody welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network if you're not following us on social media please make sure you do we're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram also want to remind you, please do fill out our listener survey. This is a really, really important thing for us right now. You can go to ivmpodcast.com slash survey. We ask you a few questions about who you are, what kind of podcast you like listening to, you know, uh, what do you think of things going on so far? So please do fill that out. It would help us. Also would like to thank our sponsors on the network this week. We have Intel, Cambly, and Storytel. This week on Cyrus Says, Cyrus is joined by writer Daksh Tyagi. Daksh talks about his debut book, A Nation of Idiots. He discusses what goes into writing satire, which is critical of the people and governments in power, and what are the legal hassles in doing so. On the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by brand builder and author Siddharth Banerjee and corporate mythologist and author Eka Chaturvedi Banerjee. Together, they talk about the art of hyper-learning and discuss the journey on setting up 52 red pills. On Edges and Sledges, Varun Ashwin and DJ talk about India's T20 series win over the West Indies and the first ODI in Chennai. On The Habit Coach, Ashton talks about motivation, grit, self-discipline and about finding purpose in the everyday things that you do. On Tapri Tales, Madhuri narrates a story titled Reshma's Purse. Tune in to hear the backstories of the little things that reside inside a woman's purse. On Storytellers and Storytellers, Vineet is joined by actor Amol Parashar and content strategist at TVF, Akansh Kaur. They talk about the risks and rewards they encountered after quitting their traditional jobs for digital media entertainment. And with that, let's get you on with your show. And welcome back to this really special episode of Pesa Vesa, the Bharat Bond ETF special. My guest, Mukesh Agarwal, CEO NSC Indices, and Radhika Gupta, CEO Edelweiss AMC. On the first part of this really special episode, we spoke about the concepts of the debt ETF, the debt market, the, the debt ETF market, how active, passive, dead, mutual funds, a lot of lot of stuff. You know, it's just hard for me to sum it up. This part of this episode is going to be specifically to answer your questions on the on the investment and the instrument that is called the Bharat Bond ETF. So, Radhika, let's just start with that. As someone who's going to be, you know, selling this and offering it uh, to, 
to our listeners and to everybody what are the key features of this i think because maybe if we can start from a point where this is how is it different from a regular debt mutual fund okay because a debt mutual fund has many varieties there is a liquid there is a gsec there is all kinds of things how is this different from a debt mutual fund let's start from there so let's just start with the debt mutual fund a debt mutual fund holds bonds and bonds have two three characteristics mukesh alluded to this there's the credit quality of the bonds you can hold triple a bonds and i can hold b bonds and i can hold the whole range there's the duration of the bonds so liquid funds hold things with 3 month or shorter maturity and gsec funds could hold things with 10 year maturity so those are the broad two things that are classic like if i say a corporate bond fund in mm. india which is a standard debt mutual fund typically holds a collection of bonds of some credit quality could be some double a could be some triple a it's often not well defined um and that's what it is it doesn't have a defined criteria as he said by which he will select bonds so your selection is left to the fund manager versus in any etf because it's backed by an index there's a very clear criteria so in bharat bond the criteria is very clear i will hold only triple a bonds and they have to be psu bonds so your universe in that sense is very restrictive i mean there are only 15 20 bonds out there that issue and fit this criteria and hence that's what the etf will hold so the fact that there's a clear set of criteria i think is one of the key features um the other thing with most debt mutual funds one of the things that frustrates investors as i said is the lack of predictability of returns now when i hold a typical debt mutual fund there's no defined maturity i don't know when should i come in when should i go out interest rates are going up interest rates are going down all that risk is on yeah, me yeah and we've talked about this in the asset allocation special that in debt it's very important to match your maturity with your investment horizon hmm. needs with bharat bond you know that in 3 and 1/2 years this bond will mature this whole portfolio will mature and i get my money back so the bond essentially the bond etf dominates in 3 and 1/2 years or in 10 years whichever one it is hence you know that if i started off with an index yield of say in the 10 year 7.5% hypothetically mm. i have reasonable confidence that at the end of the 10 years if i've held this that's what i'll get for me that predictability you miss in a mutual fund yeah so if i'm holding a gsec or a 10 or you know a, yeah. a gsec fund which holds 10 year bonds yeah. i have no idea about, about you know about the fluctuations in the price and, and then you get frustrated like in right, you, yeah, you know in yeah. 2013 there was a sharp movement in rates and then debt funds gave negative returns what you want what you like about fd is in this time i will get this much irrespective of where interest rates go irrespective of where interest in this time i will get this much these two features bharat bond answers in this time 3 or 10 years i will get this much so i think that is the critical difference the third difference as i said that classic expense ratio for debt mutual funds in the regular plan is typically between 50 to 150 basis points with bharat bond that goes away in a debt mutual fund you can redeem at the end of the day here you can redeem on the exchange at any point in time you're just buying and selling units you're just buying and selling units yeah. so you have the benefit bharat bond in that sense behaves like a bond because it has a defined maturity hmm. it trades like a stock hmm. but is diversified like a mutual fund yeah wow, okay that's a fantastic way of putting it right because if i were to go myself and buy a triple a rated say an ongc you know 3 year or a 10 year paper number yeah. one you know for you may me, not find it I, okay one so, i i may not find it so the other i would like to summarize that in one one line actually huh. what she talked about the bond etf so hmm. i would say bond etfs are debt like investments yeah. with flexibility of an equity and simplicity of a mutual fund are yeah I very nice the sound of very that. nice yeah, really, really. and of course it's cheap for 2 lakh rupees one 2 lakh rupees is managed huh. for one rupee oh man, that's <laughs> i think my demand charges might be more than your that. demand charges will be more than that <laughs> talking of dy yes. what are the requirements for me to have you know if if i'm someone who's uh, you know who's buying etf for the, for the very first time okay hmm. fd ka simple go to the bank fill the form ho get with online how will it work here so we've done two things with bharat bond so the regular bharat bond etf is an etf so you need to have a demat account you need to buy it via a broker an online broker whoever that is any broker will be able to help you do that however we do realize that a lot of debt investors do not have demat accounts mm. so we have created a vehicle called a fund of funds vehicle all that vehicle is is just a regular mutual fund and it will buy the bharat bond etf oh. 
its cost will be marginally more, a few basis points more than the uh, regular ETF. I mean, but very few. And you don't need a DMAT account. So if you're worried huh, about your DMAT yeah, charges yeah, and yeah. that pain, yeah. you just buy the Bharat Bond Fund of Funds. So both are launched together. Right. So you have the three-year and the 10-year and the corresponding fund of fund funds. Of fund. So you're saying that, you know, if I... I don't want to open a brokerage and a DMAT yeah. and this and that. I just call, you know, I just ask my mutual fund or I go to my app or wherever I'm buying mutual yeah. funds from and just search for the fund of funds that invest in the Bharatun ETF. Yeah. That's I mean, you can do this on your, any website, any of the partner websites. Yeah. We also have, by the way, a resource called Bharatbond.in. Okay. So I repeat that Bharatbond.in, it has all the information on the product and then you can go invest there directly in mm. both options. It'll give you all the guidance. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the liquidity of these ETFs, right? Because because for, 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 the, for the nifty ETFs or the nifty junior ETFs, liquidity is not an issue. They're fairly, you know, they're very large liquid trading. What, what's your take on the liquidity of this particular ETF? So let me share some stats with you on the liquidity. So average daily trading volume on equity ETFs is something like 100 crores a day now. Hmm. And whatever liquid Bs and other debt ETFs are trading, the average daily trading volume is around 120 crores a day. Okay. No, but more interesting fact is huh. one is because we also track how many unique investors, retail investors, a unique pan trade on this. So two years back, approximately four lakh investors had traded in equity ETFs. But if you look at the numbers for the current financial year, in the first six months, almost ten lakh investors have traded in equity ETFs. Oh, four lakh to ten lakhs. In yeah, oh, one and a half years. Yeah. So okay. that is one. <laughs> so, so that is one. So, but if you look at the debt ETFs, the number of investors is less. I think number of investors is something like one lakh odd crores. So, sorry, one lakh invest. Sorry, one lakh investors. But the if you look at the breakup, the participation breakup. So participants breakup. So approximately 32% of the participants or trading in the equity ETFs is coming from the retail investors and something like 36% in the debt ETF is coming from the retail investors. So the liquidity has been on an upswing. So this 90, 100 crores I talked about the daily trading volume on equity ETFs. Three years back, it was something like 23, 24 crores. In four, three years, it has gone up from 23, 24 to 100 crores. So it's, it's going up. So I think we expect that with the bond, Bharat bond ETF also coming in more retail participation. Mm. So you will see more retail participants on the debt ETF side also. And we expect the trading volumes also to go up. I think there are a few things that we're also doing with Bharat bond to add to liquidity. One is, of course, Bharat bond is a large issue. Uh, It's an issue size that will range between eight plus thousand, uh, you know, all the way up to what we want to take. So size does bring liquidity. We are also appointing market makers, which are intermediary uh, intermediaries that help retail investors when they come to the exchange. Mm. So we've had a dialogue where appointing a lot of market makers. Thirdly, note that we're doing very liquid bonds. I mean, these are the most liquid bonds in the corporate bond market. These are not random bonds. So, I mean, these account for a significant part of the corporate bond market trading. Yeah, so that that makes sense. So, you know, just now I'm just trying to wind up uh, the conversation and get down to specifics. Okay, Um, I want to talk about two things, you know, an investor profile, maybe. What kind of a person should invest or you think would invest? I definitely am very interested in putting my money Super. into this. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, you know, this is something that I've wanted for a very long period of time. And it's, it's just that, uh, you know, it is so simple to understand. It's so easy to make. It's so easy to buy and sell. Why would I not uh, put it? I, I I wouldn't mind put you know starting an SIP into this. Just, yeah. just buying maybe a fund of funds mm-hmm. and just say giving it maybe 20% of my portfolio allocation over a long period. Okay, why am I answering all this? <laughs> Tell us two things, okay, from 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 your perspective. One would be, what kind of an investor should be looking at this, and second is again for that investor or for a various for various types of investors, what kind of asset allocation would go towards this? Just and this is a totally op- open-ended question, so feel free to. I think so. Bharat Bond is a core part of your asset allocation. So when we talk about your debt allocation, I think Bharat Bond is the kind of product that is the cake. It's not icing. It's not technical. I think all of us, it's very important, as I said again and again, to match our duration of investment with the duration of the product. So if you have three-year needs, then Bharat Bond 2023 fits that. If you have long-term needs, then Bharat Bond 
beyond 2030 fits that and by the way particularly in the investors often say why do i need to do 10 year in debt today with the way yields are in the debt space i really encourage investors to look at 10 years and putting away that cushion money for 10 years because this has debt mutual fund taxation so with indexation hypothetically hmm. if the yield of the bharat bond index or the product in the 10 year is about 7.5 or 7.6 even after tax that's about 7% put away for 10 years without headache 7 or 6.9 or whatever that is a good number and high quality paper and high quality paper yeah. and it's liquid it's not like an fd where i maine kar liya aur main kya karu yeah the other thing which i would add about bharat bond is we're doing a 3 and 10 year issue this will be recurring issues this 3 year issue next year will become a 2 year issue because it will ah, roll down okay. the 10 year will become a 9 year so the vision of the bharat bond program is that eventually the capital market will have a 10 year product a 9 year product in 8 a 7 a 6 which you don't have today so me as an investor what i am going to do is i'm going to park some of my money every year it's called laddering globally in asset allocation it's a very powerful technique mm. so i'll just do 3 4 5 6 7 and i'll have a whole range so every year one bharat bond will expire and a fresh one will come out so sure. uh, to add to what radhika yeah. said in fact as she said laddering so basically after 3 4 years you will have a bond etf bharat bond etf maturing in every year so depending on your cash flow requirement suppose mm. now you are retiring at 60 and you foresee that you to your daughter or kids will get married after 5 years you mm. want to put money in fds so you can look at a bharat bond etf which is going to mature in 5 years and put money in that so oh, what okay. will happen is because of laddering you will have bharat bonds maturing in each financial year entire ladder will be there so depending on your specific cash flow requirements you can choose the bharat bond etf and invest in that mm. and also as radhika mentioned the predictability so typically when you invest you will know what is the yield of that particular etf at that point of time so if you invest it and hold it till maturity you should expect to get that return sure it's like gold based asset allocation of the highest order as yeah. he said because i have a goal for 3 years 4 years 5 years all my goals can be solved hopefully with bharat bond do you guys think this will finally you know bring in that shift because debt today even today is so institutional you know the retail people are probably maybe just coming in in the last 3 4 years unfortunately some of them go into credit risk fund because they've been told that you'll get more than i don't know who tells gives them that that it's advice it's kind of sad honestly isn't it it is and i keep telling retail investors are debt kyu karte ho you I, do debt for safety right yeah. so for that 50 bips of extra yield you want to take the yeah. headache of saying is this downgraded yeah. and is this defaulting i mean You want simplicity in debt, now. I've had discussions among people about talking about debt mutual funds and ratings, and these are people who don't even understand equity. You know, and I'm not trying to say that it's not. You know, like you said, debt is about safety. If yeah. you can't sleep, otherwise take equity risk, as you said. Yeah, <laughs> if you want risk, take equity there risk. There are enough, you know, stocks out there which are giving three, four percent yields. Why don't you go in for that? Yeah, so. Do you think that this, you know, this will probably help shift some amount of savings? you know towards this avenue as compared to this purely from a retail perspective both of you anupam i hope so over time i think all of us have worked on this project as mukesh says over years with so much passion and i think if you look at the government their objective of this when this was announced this this project was announced by mr arun jetli late arun jetli in the 2018 budget oh, okay. and i think if you look at the vision of this project it was ultimately to create a product for retail and to bring retail into the market hmm. will it happen immediately i don't know but by the way we've got a great response in the last few weeks there's just a lot of love for when when would bharat bond come and the excitement around it so we hope that it will be transformative i mean that's the hope and it's that's the intent and the design is that way as you can see sure okay what do you think no i think what radhika said is correct i think any new product takes time for it to get absorbed in the market huh. but so what i see my advice to the investors is keep life simple <laughs> keep invest in products which are simple simple to understand yeah. and simplicity so i think etfs are the simplest i would say investment vehicle for the retail investors be it equity be it debt mm. so far retail investors have had li- limited investment opportunities those have been mostly in the tax free bonds because all of us have been investing in tax free bonds so now you will get a real opportunity to invest in the indian corporate bond markets through the bond etfs sure. this is i would say this is just a beginning because me being the index provider i am personally seeing a lot of interest lot of queries coming in from lot of other fund houses also so you will see a flurry of debt etfs being launched in the indian markets again to share some numbers <laughs> 
I am good at that. Numbers. I love the numbers. Please, please, I love numbers. So, yeah. Basically, if you look at it today, like in ten years back, we had only eight ETFs in the country, equity ETFs. Today, we have seventy-one. From eight uh, to seventy-one in ten years. Ten years. Seventy-one. Yeah, hey, almost eight wow. nine times. Huh. And most of the launches have happened in the recent past. And so, if you look at it, last five years, almost fifty percent of those would have been launched in the last five years. So, I think there is a good response. And see, if you look at it, why again passive versus active? Big debate. See, what is happening is as the markets mature, active fund managers find it difficult to. outperform the underlying indices so mm. to just share some again statistics with you we had done some performance analysis of the large cap funds which track nifty 50 or use nifty 50 as the benchmark mm. so what we have seen over the last 10 years on an average 68% of the large cap funds have underperformed nifty 50 radhika what is 60 this is the standard and poors i think they by the way they i don't disagree with them on large cap i have given and by the way debt is even harder to outperform than equity if you look at active debt that, funds yeah. if huh. you look at dynamic bond funds i've not done as detailed an analysis with him if you look at the difference between dynamic bond funds and short term funds which huh. is the passive kind of equivalent there's not that much wow. difference so this is a harder task in debt <laughs> than it is in equity and how better do we know to crack it than have a and so i like i agree this, with him i hope lots of fund houses come forth huh. use indices and launch this product and we would be very proud as edelweiss to lead Debt mutual funds as a space. Complete that thought, Mukesh. You said sixty-eight percent of large mutual funds cannot, cannot, cannot. Yeah, I will not say cannot. So okay. I am saying or we have don't. Looked, the past data shows. Uh, so last ten years data, <laughs> we have looked at large cap funds <laughs> which use Nifty Fifty as their benchmarks for comparing the performance. So over the last ten years, on an average, sixty-eight percent of the funds have underperformed Nifty Fifty. There could be one particular. This is we have looked at last ten calendar years. There could be one calendar year in which ninety-two percent funds have underperformed. There could be one calendar year in which forty percent funds have underperformed. On an average, over last ten years, sixty-eight. percent funds have underperformed that's a tough statistic yeah? you know that kind of just makes a case more for a uh, a uh, product like that. who who knows 10 years from now 5 10 years from now maybe we'll have a muni- muni- you know a municipal bond uh index and an etf on that and i could actually play the infra story that way you could have a municipal yeah. one i mean i know nbfc is a word that people have been spooked by but you could have an nbfc one you could have a you know corporate a good corporate yeah. uh, saying that i want to take all my group companies and do target maturity bond etf so as he very rightly said it's a beginning yeah, and but it's important that a beginning is made yeah, so and other thing is because i keep getting asked this question people huh. keep asking active versus passive will passive take over active i would say no logically again yeah. i will share some statistics <laughs> globally if you look at it we, i just spoke in the beginning that the size of global etf industry is about 6 trillion dollars hmm. but it just accounts for 10.25% of the global mutual fund aum oh okay so of the total aum globally etfs account for 10.25 even though they have been very popular and they have been doing well for last so many years hmm. so both active as well as passives have to survive people have to use as radhika said both active and passive as part of their asset allocation okay. so you have to one investor has to choose in which particular category because if you look at in, in equities we typically have three categories large cap mid cap small cap then we have all of sure. mix and match yeah. so one has to see in which particular cap or large cap mid cap or small cap fund managers will find it difficult to outperform the index use etfs in those categories in categories in which the fund managers will find it easy to outperform or will outperform you expect them to outperform the index then mm. use the active in those so one has to continue investing in both it is part of your asset allocation use active also passive also so both will do pretty well globally also as i said it's only 10.25% i think there's a great line that says active management of your portfolio using passive. <laughs> brilliant superb <laughs> that brilliant and positive note this is a wrap on the bharat bond etf special my guests mukesh agrawal ceo nsc industries and radhika gupta ceo edelweiss amc folks i hope that you had a good time listening to this really special episode and look out for uh, this instrument when it comes out and if you're interested in in knowing more both my guests are on social media both have extensive websites where you can learn much more about the bharat bond etf how to invest reach out to them on social media you want just send me a query maybe i can pass it on to them 
Mukesh, thank you so much for coming over. Thanks, Salubam. Radhika, thank you so much for doing this for us. And I hope that you guys will come back, maybe after a year or even shorter, to, to talk about more interesting stuff. And the maybe, making of Bharat Bond. Hey, that <laughs> now that requires a proper series on it. Uh, we'll do a making of Bharat Bond. It will be a blockbuster. Yeah, first, do that, please. You should do so that. So the first note I still remember. The first note on bond ETFs huh. he had written somewhere in October 2017. Okay. When the first time I was asked to write a note or prepare. <laughs> See, I'll tell you this whole request came from Deepam. I think God. Good thing is government of India has been very proactively they taking initiatives. Yeah, huh. they're amazing. They amazing. So they yeah. have been taking initiatives to uh, promote bond ETFs, and also we believe that bond ETFs will help in overall development of the corporate bond markets. Yeah. So I remember in October 2017 when I was asked to prepare the note on bond ETFs, I just brushed it aside. Said it's not possible. Nahi hoga. <laughs> but anyhow, we were forced to do it. Then we sat down, pl- applied our mind. And then finally, we could write a note on it, send it to Deepam, and we never expected that it will such things will happen. After that, things have been moving. So I'm very happy that finally we are going to see a product. Typically, child born is after nine months. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is almost two years over here. So, but a movie is made in six months. That's why I'm saying this is a longer movie here. So it deserves a making of. I does deserve a making of and you know just maybe come back later do it with us you know let's yeah. let's talk about this entire thing in detail maybe once it's launched once it's picked up once you can see the numbers coming in more I also think it's a great me. partnership between uh, government of India Edelweiss NSE and the many other partners that have come together to make regulators that mm. have come together to make Bharat Bond happen that's why I said it's a movie because there are so many characters sure folks that is a wrap on this the Bharat Bond ETF special my guest Mukesh Agarwal CEO NSE Indices and Radhika Gupta CEO Edelweiss Thank you. Thank you. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision. Remember the last vacation you took? What about the one you took 3 years ago? Okay, how much do you really remember? It's a question I've asked myself often. over a decade of traveling the world hey i'm utsav and i do not travel the world for a living i have a full time job and responsibilities but i have made traveling the world a priority priority enough that i negotiate extra leave in my job contracts obsessively track my frequent flyer miles and i'm willing to take off at the sight of a cheap ticket yes i am cheap i have lived and worked in three countries i understand human behavior for a living and these experiences have given me unique insights into places people and culture with over a decade of travel behind me i increasingly realized one thing that we cannot see everything so whatever we see we must see deeply because as the film of memory decays the imprints which will stand the test of time are the ones felt by the immersion of the senses not by fleeting encounters with them Postcards from nowhere is an immersion into the world of slow travel one story at a time tune in every thursday on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you get your podcast from are you looking for india's most awesome cricket podcast are you now tired of listening to the same old guys drone on about cricket everywhere Edges and Sledges is a weekly cricket podcast hosted by three fans of the game, Varun, DJ, and myself, Ashwin. It was established in early 2018, has over 60 episodes now, and is of course now proud to be on the IVM Podcast Network. Each week, we get together from three different time zones: the USA, the UK, and Singapore, and we talk about things from the world of cricket with a focus on Indian cricket. We often interview special guests from all around the world, including including former cricketers and cricket media personalities. So check out Edges and Sledges, the cricket podcast, now on the IVM Network. <laughs>